Business is booming in reach, and people have begun to come from all around to start a new life filled with new opportunities. But a strange phenomenon has begun to occur, where a shrieking cry is heard coming down out of the scaleback mountains. The first time it was heard, many people reported minor headaches, vertigo, and slight nausea. But over the last few weeks, the shrieks have begun to happen more regularly and much more loudly. And the effects have escalated to the point that a large number of townspeople have fallen seriously ill, to the point of being completely comatose. Oddly, the number of attendants at the town saloon has not decreased in the slightest, and people have begun to realize that those who frequent the saloon seem to be immune. Welcome to Background Checks, a character and world-building podcast where we make a world and put lots of people in it. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley, and I feel like your intro gets less and less eloquent every time we try it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jake Bush, and I kind of feel like I never know whether it's Houston or me that is supposed to talk after Brian, but... We We should just do, I guess, just what we did right now. That's how we always do it. My my internal thought process is if there's a pause for at least two seconds, I jump in just because I hate silences. I like and can't that. deal with them. And now we're going to solidify it as it's alphabetical. I always do the intro thing and then it's Houston and then Jake. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, our what is there? We came up with a term. There was a term that it was like, what we're, we're going to call the person. The dreamer. The, the game master. Yeah. The, the equivalent of game master. I had a term for it. Our story prompter. The prompt. The quest giver. Man. Today's quest giver is Jake. (laughs) (laughs) To be determined. Yes. Join us on background background checks as we discuss what the actual name of this is. (laughs) Anyway, our quest giver today is Jake. Um, Yeah, I am honored to be the quest giver today. The quest giver makes it sound like there's some dark prophecy about you. You are the quest giver. Yeah. We both went for different but equally ominous, creepy voices. Yes. I I am the quest giver versus I am the quest giver. You were like 80s malicious MLM and the like earliest iterations of that kind of ominous. And I was like the like crypt keeper. Yeah. Malicious. I was thinking like. Never-ending story vibe, even though I don't know. I've, I've never seen the movie. Anyway. See the, Do you think there's yeah. any kind of story that could come about of the Crypt Keeper being an MLM salesman? Any fun That's prompts? Maybe something. That's maybe a future episode of this I, podcast. I, I'm going <laughs> to put a pin in that and come back to it later. Okay. I think we should just release like a, a super cut of all our episodes just called the Ramble Cut when we just start talking about random crap. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So... As the honorary quest giver, as I mentioned, people in town are getting very sick, and there is a very, very frightening and shrill and scary noise coming out of the mountains. But the people here at the tavern, uh, they seem to be okay. And uh, we've got a few people gathered here today um, trying to sort out what's going on. One of them uh, is a recurring character at this point, Matthew McConaughey, and what's up? Um, That's my boy. Such a good mayor. We need to figure out what um, happens. We need to ha- figure out what happens when our characters come back. If you're the quest giver, are you in charge of them? Are we in charge of them as a creator? What is the death of the author in this situation? Also, quick follow up. Are you saying that Matthew McConaughey and what's up is the mayor of this town now? Because last oh, yeah. we left him, he was the sheriff. But I'm oh, all, that's what I was thinking. I am all okay. on board with him getting elected as mayor. 
So, yeah, that is... I think it'd be very surprising if he was a mare, because we've been referring to him as a male, and mare, mares are female horses. He is, a, he is a sheriff, recently elected mayor. Okay, Recently, electively mayor. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I think we, we can resolve the bubble. I think the bubble went well. One thing I noticed from your prompt is that this is happening in the saloon that apparently did not get destroyed. So I assume no. that quest went successfully. We didn't actually play it, but I think we can assume I literally, that. I literally said business is booming. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it, business didn't get destroyed by a giant sea bubble. Yep. Perfect. And now he's the mayor, but not the mayor yet. Right. He's still uh, on the fence about that. He's, he's still figuring out himself. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so uh, that's sort of what we have going on here. And uh, it's getting pretty serious. And so we need to sort out what's going on. Um, now, my character, um, if I might introduce him, um, is a close friend of Noble Harrison, who we haven't heard of before. But he's a close friend who recently got hired on as the head chef of the, uh, did we have a name for the saloon? Uh, boarding House Reach. Boarding House Reach. Um, he is an excellent chef. He has a bit of a temper. Um, he is a dwarf druid. Um, and his name is Gorgon Ramsheep. <laughs> nice. I also, just to acknowledge, I realize that my go-to is kind of just funny iterations on celebrity names <laughs> that I feel match the characters, but I'm kind of into it, so... Yeah, I think it's okay. That could it, immediately, be it immediately paints a picture, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he invites... Uh, well, let me give you a little bit more info on, on Gorgon here. His highest, uh, his highest stat is Wisdom. And his lowest stat is strength. But I was mentioning strength only like in the physical sense. Like he can't bench much, but that doesn't mean that he comes off as weak because uh, he is also, you know, he's super wise and he is also very charismatic. And so um, part of that is that he has a raging temper. Um, and, you know, I'm now just thinking of this, but you could kind of think of him like Gordon Ramsay. Oh, <laughs> I would have yeah. never have guessed. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, it even kind of sounds like that. Oh, it does, yeah. Because yeah. he's mad. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Have you ever seen a scrawny dwarf? Like, can you even imagine a scrawny dwarf? Would, if I saw a scrawny dwarf, I think I would just say it was a gnome. Yeah. I'm also thinking it's just like a short Oregonian. That's, just like... Yeah. Very bearded <laughs> and wild. That's just kind of how I imagine scrawny dwarves. Interest. Yeah, yes. I've never seen a scrawny dwarf. Uh, this will be all like, right. He's a gnome. No, no, no. I think <laughs> we're doing breaking down walls here. I think we're no. Yeah, you're right. Pushing the world forward. Like, you, and you know, I think if if we're using that totally unrelated like thing, pr not premeditated comparison to Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay is kind of like a scrawny dwarf. He's kind of like a a a pretty he's like he's yeah, and he's a pretty like stocky human but by dwarf standards he'd be considered scrawny yeah right. so, i like that we're turning that off the music on these stereotypes is that a is that yeah. the is that a that's is a, that a phrase? houston bodily original okay i was like did i miss <laughs> the sentence turn off the music on these stereotypes okay cool <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty cool saying all right so uh his uh, a couple more things about him his uh his go-to uh catchphrase is 
turning off the music on those stereotypes. <laughs> so he's aware that he is he is not standard sized for a dwarf. He is a scrawny dwarf and he knows it. Yes. And he wants and to turn down would, the turn down the music on these stereotypes. Yeah, if you ever pointed that to him, he will tell you to turn off the music on that stereotype, my friend. Um, but he'll probably yeah. scream it, and there will probably be a lot of curse words involved as well. Yeah, yeah, that's him. In kind that, of a in kind of a tough love way, you know. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> he uh, is uh, from the Scaleback Mountains, sort of. He lives in a small village at the base of the Scaleback Mountains, so he's familiar with the area from which the uh, piercing cry is being heard. And um, we can uh, flesh him out a little bit more, but essentially, what we need to know is that. Um, Matthew McConaughey and what's up as the sheriff and char and mayor, potentially mayor, who is being uh, charged with investigating this whole situation to save the townspeople, um, organizes with Noble Harrison and calls him out of the back kitchen um, because he thinks he might have some information, and he does, and he says, "Well, you know that new bartender that we hired, and you know that fancy new drink that he's been uh, passing out." That all of you have just been loving so much. Can I pause um, you there? What is this fancy drink? What does it taste like? What is it called? It tastes... Um, it, this just came to me. I have no idea why. It tastes like Orange Julius. <laughs> okay. Yes. I love it. It's that. a hard um, Orange Julius. It's a hard Orange Julius. Man, that sounds really good. <laughs> I might have to invent the hard Orange Julius. Um, isn't it just like... <laughs> I'm sure it does. A mimosa it's Julius? Basically a, yeah. What's a mimosa? I don't know if I... I don't think it's, I like a, it's like a fruity drink. I, I yeah. always just assume it's orange juice and champagne mixed. It yeah. is uh, a cocktail consists of champagne or other sparkling wine and chilled citrus juice, usually orange juice. Yeah, it's basically a... It's a frosty mimosa, I think is what it would be. I don't think okay. mimosas are frosty like an orange Julius. But yeah, and frosty or... When I think of orange Julius, I think of frothy. I think it's a little yeah. like it's it's aerated. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? it, there's ice in it, right? When you make an orange, yeah, I, yeah. Orange, yeah, there's yeah. ice in it. I always think of it having been blended up a little bit with ice. It's cubes. frosted, and it yeah, it's like well, it's been a while since I've had an orange Julius, and I'm probably gonna make seven of them tonight because that sounds really good. But um, <laughs> they are yeah, they're definitely frosty, but they're also like aerated. Like a good orange Julius is kind of has like a whipped quality to it. It's it's yeah. light. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I think there's However, also like crystal. You feel some ice crystal in there. Blended ice is kind of part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think it's both sure. frosty and frothy. Yeah. Established. Hey, we've established new uh, culinary practices of uh, Chevalier. They, they have frosty Julia. and frothy drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but in this case, it wasn't called an Orange Julius because that would be ridiculous. Um, it didn't have a name. And the bartender was also very, very secretive about this drink. And... Uh, when people asked him what the ingredients were, he just kind of changed the subject and shuffled away. Um, so Gorgon uh, comes out and he says, you know, I've been seeing um, that bartender uh, pull out this really mysterious satchel um, that appears to have like a lot of little egg-shaped things in it. And he's been cracking those into the blender with every batch that he makes. Mm -hmm. And the other day I said, Hi. hey... I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Sorry. I keep doing yes. this. But just for my own clarity, can we just name this bartender Julius? Just going forward. Yes. Okay, thank yes. you. Yes. And he has flaming cracking. red hair, and many people 
call him. Wait, is the drink also called? Yeah. Is the drink actually called Orange Julius? That's my question. In the world, no, I know he the referring to it as Orange Julius. He refuses to name it. He hasn't named the drink. He just calls it special drink, my special drink, or the special drink. Um, but people call him Orange Julius because of his red so, hair. So colloquially, it's known as the Orange Julius drink. Yeah. Yeah, Orange Ju- it's not an Orange Julius drink. It's Orange Julius's drink. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, and anyway, so Gorgon approached him and kind of confronted him and said, hey, what are you putting in there? Um, and he responded by saying, oh, just, uh, you know, my special ingredients. It's a secret, but I found him out by the Scaleback Mountains. And when uh, Gorgon started to make connections that the shrieking cry coming out of the mountains was coming out of the Scaleback Mountains and um, that this drink was so popular that it could have something to do with the immunity offered by the people at the saloon, um, the bartender rushed out the door in a hurry. And that is what Gorgon has informed us of. So now the mayor and mayor slash sheriff and Noble Harrison with this information from Gorgon. His name referring to Matthew McConaughey and what's up is getting even more complicated than from the first episode because he's now also the sheriff (laughs) slash mayor. Oh, his top half is sheriff, his bottom half is mayor. Yes. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey is the sheriff. Hey, and what's up is the mayor. You got it. You did. There we go. I, I love it. Yes, he's a he's he's extremely he's an extremely complex character, really. Um, <laughs> he's gonna yeah, go they through are a all... wild character development over the. The mayor is a horse. That's like a thing. People elect dogs to be mayor. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. also, sorry. especially when it's just like the centaur bottom half of something. Because right, it's a headless horse. Yes, that yeah. has a human body yeah. attached to it. Yeah, it's the mayor. Um. What else are they drinking in this town that led them to this? Is my question. Just you know, really so. This is a drink. Yeah, that and that's that's the thing is uh, like it's it really is a specialty drink because aside from that they're just serving like gin and tonic, whiskey, rum, like all your basics. But then Orange yeah. Julius came up with Orange Julius's drink, and it's been all the rage. Um, I love that it's called anyways, the Orange so, Julius's drink. It's a great name for the <laughs> But not the official name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they are now trying to figure out um, what we are to do about this, and we're going to need all the help we can get if there is some kind of quest involved to figure out what this bartender was up to, why this shriek is coming out of the mountains, and how do we save the townspeople, and what is the recipe for the Orange Julius's drink? Ooh. We've never had the outcome be like, we need to figure out the recipe for this drink. And we've called upon additional characters. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah like it kind of ma- makes me want to play the whole campaign, but I'm, I'm passing it to you guys now because I've talked okay. to them. Perfect. Uh, who wants to go first? I can go. go I'll first, go. Brent. I don't think I've gone first other than when I was DMing or uh, quest giving or whatever. Um, my character is named Helios Rhodes, um, and he, he is a regular at the bar. To, to put it lightly, he is a regular. Um, if drinking the orange Julius's drink gives you immunity, he is fully immune. He has drank a lot of it because he is he's going through some hard times right now. He is from the upper scale back mountains, which it's up in both senses of the word up, meaning like 
up meaning altitude and up meaning north. So he's like, he's not from the area the shrieks are coming from, but he's from the very, very high peaks up towards the upper end. Um, and he's from just a, a city of Goliaths that live up there. And he, he came down to reach for the reason that like the stereotypical person comes to reach, right? They want to figure out if they can cross the river, cross the river, the ocean. They call it the river as a motivational thing to say, oh, it's not that wide. We can get across it. Yeah. And they're um, not familiar be... with the concept of oceans. True. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's like, that's the river. It's, if it's, it's if it's water really that you can cross, river. it's a river. Can you remind yeah. me his name in class? His name is Helios Rhodes. I haven't told you his class. He is a uh, Fey Wanderer Ranger. So he grew up in Overwatch, which is the name of his city that he comes from. His parents were both captains within the city, which means they were very sort of high ranking, which is actually a bad thing for him and sort of their society. They are very anti like Nepo babies and uh, unfair advantages. (laughs) So he and his uh, brother actually decided like we we can never become anything in this town because everyone will just assume it was because of our parents. We have to get out of here. We have to go make a name for ourselves. So they decide they're going to go cross the river down in reach. Um, they traveled. They even traveled separately. So no one could say that they had an unfair advantage of traveling together. And so his brother Zephyr got to town well ahead of, of Helios. And he volunteered to help with the sea bubble. And he died, which is very tragic. It's, I think it's maybe our first death is Zephyr Rhodes, uh, a character that Whoa. we did not actually play or meet. And we don't until even he know died. all the details. I mean, we'll figure him out maybe someday. But Zephyr Rhodes died on that uh, on that mission, um, which just destroyed Helios. So Helios has has stayed at the boarding home or boarding house reach and just sort of drowned his sorrows in Orange Julius's drink. And he's not having a good time. But when the opportunity comes to to figure out this mystery and sort of be a hero, he thinks it's it's what my brother would have done. And so I will I will take on this challenge. And I will, I will save the day. His highest status strength, he's just a strong boy. He isn't, his low is intelligence. He's not a smart boy. Um, Helios, Helia, or sorry, Zephyr, his brother, was kind of the smart one, which sort of left him stranded. Because he was kind of like, yeah, like, I'm sure my brother is smart enough that he'll figure out a way to get us across the river. But like, he's like, I'm my, on my own. He's like, I don't know how to build a boat. I don't really know anything. So he's kind of just hoping he'll get hired on as like a bodyguard or something. But kind of he doesn't have any self-confidence. And I don't know if anyone's actually making progress towards crossing the river. We haven't figured that out. So he's just kind of stuck here. He can't go home because then everyone would know he was a failure. So but but now he has this thing that that uh, will maybe open some doors up again. If he's if he's a big hero for saving the town, um, it'll also mean that his brother's sacrifice was not in vain. Right. Because if the sea bubble, he saved everyone from the sea bubble. But then uh, if everyone's just killed by this shrieking thing anyway, whatever, it doesn't doesn't matter. So he's he's going to sort of avenge his brother. And that's Helios Rhodes. Oh, uh, and he looks like Terry Crews. Nice. He just is a big old (laughs) Terry Crews. Okay. I just added so much to it because I was like, wow, this is an interesting person. But I didn't have any image in my head until you said that. And now I know him perfectly. Yeah, I wanted to lead with it. But then it was like, it's, it's weird to just be like. Like, unless it's part of the character, which Gorgon Ramsey, Ram Sheep, that's like, oh, it's like sort of part of his character. Terry Crews, it was kind of an afterthought and it felt weird to lead with it. And then I forgot about it until the end. So, did you know Terry Crews is a real life Goliath? I don't know what like, that means. 
I just like he's a huge specimen, so I think he's one of the closest things we have to a Goliath <laughs> in real life. So I think it works for his character. You don't have to a heighten him specimen. at all or anything. Yeah, no, it's just him. I, I think he'd be a small Goliath in in actual species terms, but uh, yeah, let's see how tall he is. He's six. He's only six two. He's really? like a buff dude, but he's not like that tall. He's only six two. They project him at like six four, six five. I feel like they what in in movies and TV shows. I feel like they project him to be taller. I think so. I think they he he plays bigger characters than he is. He's obviously buff. He's obviously like a huge guy, but he was in the NFL at one point. So six two is surprisingly short. That surprised me. He's like he's only three inches taller than Simon Cowell. No, that's not true. I did my math wrong. He's five inches taller than Simon Cowell. He's only an inch taller than me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's kind of shocking. And he's only like 12 inches taller than the other Cruise, Tom Cruise. <laughs> hey, yeah. Tom resents that. Because Tom Cruise is short. I think being short runs in the family. It's just that Terry was really big, and then the Cruise got in there and shortened him a little bit. <laughs> Wait, are you suggesting that Terry Crews and Tom Cruise are from the same Cruise family? <laughs> I thought they were brothers. <laughs> I think you might be right, actually. <laughs> awesome. So that's cool. That's my guy. One of them likes to cruise and sell on by it. One of them works as laborman. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe his character, mm. maybe his, his name. I could name him after Terry Crews. I named him after the, the Colossus of Rhodes. Like the city roads in ancient Greece, they have a big Colossus statue. That's what I named him after, because it was a statue of the god Helios in the city of Rhodes. So I named him Helios Rhodes. But I like Helios Cruz because he was gonna he was on a crew back at home, and he's hoping to get on a crew uh, across the river. So his name is Helios Cruz. I like it. Maybe Rhodes is a middle name because I like that it's connected to Greek god mythology. Right. It's Helios Rhodes Cruz, but everyone calls him Rhodey. No, we're not doing that. And everyone who gets the reference also calls him War Machine. Yeah, because that's basically also him, but without a suit. Uh, never too late to multiclass as an artificer. Anyway, I'm going to jump into my character. And let me introduce you to a blue dragonborn. Uh, Brian has already claimed the up, up region of the Scaleback Mountains. So both more northern or up, as we like to call it in this world, but also higher in elevation. I think it, when they need to specify, I think they say map up. Map up. The word north like being higher as well yeah. for like elevation wise. It yeah, is yeah. up and higher. Um, that said, that was going to be my initial destination where I was from. So I'm going to go up and even more up. Oh, the Mount Dragolympus, where right. all the dragonborn live and by all i mean some dragonborn but they pretty much see themselves as gods or demigods like they see themselves as above mortals and even the humble ones are still kind of standoffish and a little condescending as they descend from drag olympus to interact even though they're like just as mortal and flawed as normal creatures of this world but they regard themselves very highly coming from Drunk Olympus. And who we have here is a blue dragonborn named Thordor Teshu. Uh, Thordor is a combination of Thor and Trogdor from the Homestar Runner Trogdor 
dragon stuff. And Love then Teshu being a combination of Tesla and Mushu from Mulan. Because he is a Tempest <laughs> cleric, Blue Dragonborn, all about that lightning and thunder. Um, and he sees himself as essentially like the second coming of their great thunder lightning dragon god. Even though he's not. He's not even close. But that's kind of like the level of arrogance he holds. Nice. Um, a, a big thing about Thordor is his dad invented the spell Thaumaturgy. Now, okay. Whoa. it took a few tries. It didn't succeed the first time. One of the things that failed is his father tried casting the spell and it rebounded and hit Thordor and it permanently cursed him to speak at full volume with a bellowing voice, like that effect from Thaumaturgy. So Thordor has been going around his whole life talking at five times the volume of a normal person. Um, It fits his whole thunder vibe very well. I love that, like, even if he's, like, whispering, it's still loud. Yes. I like to whisper, too, as it bellows down the canyons. What if the resolution Um, to the whole, like, campaign here was that he is the one that's just hurting everyone's ears when he goes up in the mountains and talks at a normal level. <laughs> now, see, this is why he's involved in this campaign. Uh, the first thing is because he's been speaking so loud, his hearing's not significant, that great. So, um, I don't know what your actual mechanics were with this, but I am saying that his hearing is hurt, is like so poor that whatever the sound is coming down from the Scaleback Mountains is, it does not affect him nearly to the degree that it affects ah. others. It also feeds into his whole, like, I, he just sees himself very godlike and high and mighty. So he also thinks that's so, part of it, but it's really the sound making. Okay, then I want to clarify something. So is that the reason that he has not been affected by this illness? Like, solely that reason? Or, like, does he not partake of or- the Orange Julius's drink? This leads me in my second point, which is he is one of the highest-ranking members of a group called Dads. And this is <laughs> Dragons Against Drunk Specimens. <laughs> um, he had the foresight. He wasn't confounded or comatose or anything by these noises coming from the mountains. But he was in town, just visiting, just checking up on the the common folk, as he refers to them, and heard them talking about how, hey, that Orange Julius drink, it, it seems to be protecting us. And he is so concerned about the drunken welfare of people. Uh, drinking has really hurt the dragonborn community quite a bit. One, it keeps you from using your dragon breath very well, but also dragons are just like 10 times more vulnerable to the effects of drinking. And he assumes that alcohol is just going to be the death of this nation. So he's very against people getting hung up or getting addicted to this orange Julius, which he, whether it, is or isn't, he assumes it's spiked with alcohol. Um, And so his whole reason for coming on this mission is I want to find a solution to this problem that can avoid this community having to partake of this Orange Julius. Interesting. I love that we went totally different directions on on why our character is qualified to help with this quest. 
One is <laughs> totally against alcohol, and the other is a drunk. <laughs> yes. All right. Great character dynamics. And I think in that moment, um, a voice would pipe up from the back of the saloon, and it's a, you know, not that it's any of my business. And everyone looks back, and it's not, none other than Jed Amright. And he wow. Maybe you return. <laughs> and he says, you know, I'm feeling better than I've ever felt. And some might say that alcohol might save this community. It doesn't, he says. And then Jed says, it, well, now my ears He hurt. says, I mean, Thord or Teshu. And yes. if, if this is the morning, and then... Then Helios is also just like, he cannot handle your voice. He is just like curled up in a ball in the corner. Just like, oh, please make it stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming we're going to put some effects on this voice. So it like spikes the microphone a little bit. And it's like uh, all the way down on the bass and everything. Uh, I think he shatters a couple glasses on accident or just like scares people into dropping glasses. And he goes, yes, my duty is or I'm fulfilling my duty. Okay, but then Gorgon would get extremely upset because you just shattered three glasses of the Orange Julius's drink, which spilled all over the floor, and Gorgon screams at you. Don't you realize that we have a limited supply of that stuff at this point? And if that is the tonic that's keeping people safe, we're going to run out any day now. I've never drunk a drop of alcohol in my life. And I am immune to these effects. I will help you mortals also become immune to these effects. Sobriety is the righty way to go. All right. And with that, Jed just sighs loudly. <sighs> Stands up with his orange Julius's drink still intact with a little umbrella in it. And just walks out the front door without saying anything and walks home. <laughs> I, I love Jed Amright drinking mimosas. It's, uh, it's, a little bit, it's not what I would guess about him. About Jed? Yeah. How come? Doesn't seem like his drink, you know? Well, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's a really good drink. <laughs> and Jed is also extremely practical, and he has kind of been catching wind that it could be the Orange Julius' drink that's acting as an immunity tonic for people. So he's just, he's just staying safe. I have one more lingering question about the Orange Julius. You said it tasted like an Orange Julius. Are there oranges in this world, or is it a different sort of citrus fruit? What is this? What is, what is happening? What is orange? What's this? What's this? I think it'd be fun to figure out. What are fruits? What I mean, is, is it a different fruit? Is what, what even is a fruit? Seriously. I've heard about these tomatoes. Like, it's the only fruit I know. That's the only fruit I know. I, I, I think like it'd be fun idea. to make up a citrus fruit. Wait, say that again? I just think it'd be fun to make up a citrus fruit. Okay. What is like a real life food that you would love to have a more citrusy version of? Mm. Like you, this is a bad example, but let's say you could make a citrus potato. Like it was like a bad a example. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gasped as if it was a good idea. So I had to clarify that I was gasping because it was a bad idea. Um, what about a citrus steak? <laughs> wait, 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 does that huh. imply that we're, we're carving this out of an animal um, to get that fruity flavor? I think that's too far. Or is it just a... a I'm going to propose what to me is the most important world-building aspect of this whole podcast. I was drinking my caffeinated beverage of choice to wake me up for this. Uh, a Diet Mountain Dew here. 
And in the nutrition facts, it contains citrus pectin and potassium citrite, including other citrus flavors. Uh, can we just make a fruit called the dewberry? And it's only found in mountains. Yeah. And it tastes just like fruit that would be Mountain Dew flavored. It's other citrus flavored. Yeah. I thought you were suggesting yeah. that it was going to be called the other citrus. I like dewberry, though. The other citrus. Would it be a berry, though? I don't know if berries can be citrus. I guess they, maybe they can in this world. Are there citrus berries uh, other than a Pokemon? I, I just said... I just said dewberries because I'm trying to get the whole Mountain Dew aspect. We can do call fruit. them <laughs> do the Dew Fruit. That's the slogan of the Dew Fruit company. <laughs> the company that makes that fruit. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think they could be called dewberries because they can look like a berry, but they, they grow on trees. Unlike berries. Yes. In the mountains. Um, berries typically grow on bushes and shrubs. That's true. There's berries on trees, right? Bananas are berries, and they grow on a tree. Uh, wow, what we like actually mind. think of as berries, usually. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah, I'm down with dewberry, but it's on a tree. And in the mountain, maybe the if mountain. that's like causing if that's causing confusion, you just call them dews. <laughs> and they're just a fruit that grows on a tree, and they're citrusy. Okay, and. So Thordor takes a lot of initiative in everything he does. He has already started this quest, walking up the scale back mountains to find the source of this screaming, shrieking. Um, and he's eating dewberries along the way. Many as he can find. Wow, nice. he just like just, just ran in there, huh? I do also feel like yep. I think that knowledge that we just established of the, the dewberry is unknown, right? Based on what we've established, we don't know what the ingredients of, of Orange Julius drink is. No, yeah, that, that was just a, that was just an extreme tangent into the fruits and berries. Nice. Okay, let's roll our let's let's roll for how this goes. See if we're dreamers. See how we do on the on the campaign. Um, listeners, this is like a little bit different. We're kind of figuring this out as we go. But um, what we essentially want to give you is at least some idea of how the campaign turns out, right? Of how the campaign goes and that kind of thing. So when we roll this last episode, we rolled this to see. Just if you got a natural 20, you are a dreamer and you have the abilities associated with that. We're sort of adding on to that now. And we're saying, you know, a good roll means you do fairly well. It will take sort of an average of all of our scores. And that'll be sort of like the outcome of it. If anyone rolls a 20, they will. It will mean that they are a dreamer and we have some you know, extra advantages. And we it, that may be an automatic like we succeeded in the campaign type thing. We're basically reducing a campaign down to a single turn um, so that this whole um the whole podcast can kind of be a big continuous story. Cause I, I do think the, the ambiguity of like not really knowing how the campaigns end up is kind of rough. So we're kind of adding that uh, now as we go. Well, and we kind of like retroactively uh, determined that our first episode campaign succeeded. Right. Like we, we established um, it just sort of now because, because we wanted to use the information of that, but it'd be fun going into future episodes to already know that. So cool. Should we roll? Let's roll. Okay, I rolled I rolled a five. Do you want me to go first with figuring out what I'm going to learn or have to take action with? Because I also rolled a five, but I am ahead of you, and we're kind of going same direction yeah. up this mountain. Well, I, I was picturing that I just lost you, so it doesn't matter what you do, because I'm just... I'm like just <laughs> out. You just, just kind of ran away. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone breathed a sigh of relief enough. and took their hands off their ears. Yeah. <laughs> 
Everyone's like, actually, maybe we're okay dying as long as that guy's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing, though? What's your approach? My whole thing is with way too much arrogance, way too much confidence. Um, I just follow as best I can these shrieks that are coming from the mountains. And I'm just going to try and face this creature, whatever it is, head on and try and take it out. Because that seems the most straightforward uh, solution, which, assuming this is a strong creature, I don't think that's a, a good outcome for Thornor. I think he's going to get his butt kicked. And so that's why I see it as like a five approach. Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, so my I, I think I'm sort of like drunk stumbling out. Like, I think that I'm like purposely following at a reasonable distance behind Thordor, but I'm actually just just wobbling out of the out of the boarding house. Gorgon Ramsheep, what'd you roll? So uh, Gorgon Ramsheep rolled a 13. And uh, so, you know, it's not like his approach is foolproof, but he's got some ideas. And yeah. part of that has to do with his great wisdom. And so, you know, he sees uh, his very loud um, comrade here, or at least who is supposed to be his comrade, but is sort of off on his own now, trudging up the mountain. And he decides, you know what? I'm going back to the kitchen because with my wisdom and culinary prowess, I might be able to reverse engineer Orange Julius's drink to figure out what that mysterious <laughs> ingredient could have been. And that might give us some information in terms of what we're up against. So basically what we're saying is that like you had a totally reasonable approach, but because we did so badly, we didn't do anything to help you. We didn't bring you back ingredients. We didn't like find anything. And so like, even though your approach was totally reasonable on average, we failed. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I forgot how high the stakes were when we decided we were going to do this. Is everyone in reach dead? Well, <laughs> I don't know because our average isn't that bad. I, I think it's, it's just, what, eight or nine. We don't. Yeah, I think it's just everyone is forced to have to constantly be drinking Orange Julius or else there's the threat of going. Well, they don't have any. And maybe someone goes, what? They don't but have they're think, running out. As as the quest giver, well, as the quest giver slash game master slash whatever I am, I think the 13 that Gorgon Ramsey got. Um, yes, he wasn't able to completely recreate perfectly what's going on here, but in his attempts to reverse engineer Orange Julius's drink, he figured out that, you know, this thing has to have ice, it has to have oranges, whatever those are, it has to have Berries. sugar, milk, vanilla, and then he said, but what is it that makes it so frothy? And then he goes... <gasps> and he starts rummaging around in the back of the kitchen and he finds an old scrap of parchment that the bartender left behind and it confirms ice cubes, orange berries. You're going to say the ice cubes are the secret ingredient. <laughs> no, sugar, milk, vanilla blend together and froth with the egg whites of a wyvern. Reveal. Uh -oh. The the egg whites dun, dun, of a wyvern. Dun. So so he figured out enough that that they could keep living off orange Julius, but they are totally dependent on it. Yes. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I see an, an average of nine. Yeah. Is there like a, a moderate fail? 
is that they figure out how to survive for a while, but they're probably on like a ticking clock for how long they can live this. Way. And I, I think kind of like that. that, that now, boundaries are like, what constitutes a total failure. Um, we can kind of figure out where those lines should be drawn. But I think you're right for this episode. Yep. And so, um, like long term, reach is screwed unless other people come and intervene. Is anyone surprised? Basically, Noble Harrison being like, I don't know, my land, my parents have some land down there. Maybe I can make some money off people. Like this is, this is not going to be a huge success. Um, I, I think I think in the future, if I think attempts at crossing the river, i.e. the gap between the continents, I think they're going to be at a disadvantage now. I think they're going to I think this I think that I think we really did some damage today is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> but I think it's OK to establish that the town is not completely screwed because uh, Gorgon Rams Ram sheep after figuring out the basic ingredients to this uh uh, this concoction, he got a promotion from Noble Harrison, and now it's completely on him to keep the town supplied with um, Orange Julius's drink. But it does require wyvern eggs, which are not exactly easy to come by, but not impossible. So he yeah. has a lot of work work ahead of him. Okay, cool. Um, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Sorry if this one was like a little bit disjointed because we kind of changed the mechanics of the game halfway through it. Um, but uh, we're figuring it out, and that's kind of part of it, right? Figuring out how this world works, figuring out uh, what this all is. So we're building um, it. We're building it as we go, and that's the best way to build a plane. We're building characters. We're building world, and we're building the metaverse that it is all built. Exactly. In. And I have I have one last question, um, and this goes with something we pre-established as a world-building prompt, which was to figure out more about the uh, culinary practices of Reach and Shavalo. Um, when Jed Amright got up and, and walked out exasperated, he left a plate of food sitting on his table. Um, what would Jed Amright have been eating at the pub? Steak and ketchup. Bring it back all the way back to our conversation before we started recording. <laughs> the worst sauce to go with any quality but I also feel like steak and ketchup is, would kind of be like a signature Jed Amright yeah. meal. <laughs> and <Exactly>. Orange Julius. <laughs> and while we're talking about this, you did establish that he's a radish rancher. Isn't it a farmer? Um, or radishes animals? Maybe there's, more, maybe there's more to that story about oh. the nature of radishes. Okay. Okay. Stay tuned for more information on the next episode okay. of Background Checks. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but actually, maybe not, because we might be going to a new area. Yeah, we'll, see happens. we'll see. We can always we come back. The, the radish ranch might come up, you know, yeah. organically. <laughs> Are the organic radishes? All right. Uh, that was up <laughs> and bye. That was up and bye.